We're gathered here for a very joyful day. Um, I'm sure we all have different things that make it a happy event for us. Um, I'm the parish priest here, and for me it's a joy because Emily's the first member of our parish youth group to, to get to marriage. And I'm sure each one of you here has something different that makes it a joyful occasion today. But I'd like to say a few words about why joy is naturally something that goes with a wedding, with a marriage. Because joy is connected with love. We have some pretty exalted company here today in terms of theologians. Um, many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with the great theologian of the church, St. Thomas Aquinas. And he taught this exact point. He said, joy is a fruit of love. And there's all kinds of different loves. And it's one of those things you can see as almost as self-evident truth. There's the kind of love that a, a little boy has for a new pet toy. Or a man has for the remote control on his new television. Or a bride has for her dress. And each of those different loves has a different joy that goes with it. And obviously, you're not going to be surprised to hear me say that today we need to be sure we're focused on the right joy with the right love. And it's a good moment just before you say your vows to be thinking, what is it that you're excited about today? Is it the dress? Is it the flowers? Is it the friends? Or is it actually what makes today today? Love. Now the most lasting form of love is that for God. God who is the supreme good, the one who never fails us. And Daniel and Emily chose for the first reading that you heard from the book of Revelation. It spoke about the love between Christ and the church. It spoke of the, the marriage feast of the Lamb in heaven. That the church has a joy within her that she carries within her that belongs to her because of her, her union, her love with the Lord Jesus, with the Lamb who died for us. And so the book of Revelation speaks of this mystical, this spiritual marriage between the Christ between Christ and his church, between the Lamb who sacrificed himself, who loved us, and his church. And that model is given to us, and you've chosen that model for our first reading, as a vision of what should inspire married love, that sacrificial love that the Lamb had on the cross. But back to joy as a fruit of love. Daniel and Emily, there are many gifts I'm sure you're going to receive today. But I want you to remember, to focus on what is the one gift that counts, namely the gift of a spouse that you receive today. That you each entered church today separate as individuals, but you will leave today together. You will leave today with the gift of a spouse. And to speak of a spouse as a gift um, is building on one of the teachings of the Second Vatican Council in Gaudium et Spes, where it spoke about how all of love is about giving of ourselves. That when you love somebody, you give of your time, you give of your effort, you give in all kinds of ways to a person. 
And married love is a very particular, unique expression of that, a total expression. That you are called in marriage to give of each other, give of yourselves to the other um, in commitment for life, to the exclusion of all others, and in a way that's ordered towards fruitfulness in the procreation and education of children. And married love does all of this by your giving of yourselves to your spouse, not in part, but in totality. Now let me point out to you all how you're going to see that symbolized in a couple minutes and what they do with their hands during the vows. That they express that giving of gift in what they do with their hands. That first, um, let me get this right, Emily will give her hand into Daniel's as he says his vows. And to show that that gift is freely given back, they then separate their hands and Daniel will put his hand into hers as she says her vows, expressing in that symbolism that they are each totally, freely, completely giving themselves to the other and rejoicing in the possession of that gift is what makes married love and the joy of married love different to all other joys. Now let me close by referring to the gospel text that you chose for today with the wedding feast at Cana. Cana was the place where the Lord Jesus worked the very first miracle, changing water into wine. And preachers more poetic than myself have made the, the illusion that this is a symbol of what he will do for you right now, that he will take the, the water of your courtship and he will change it into the wine of married life. He will do that by establishing the union between you as something new, as a, as a sacrament, a sacramental bond. And let me point two simple consequences of that. That if the union you're going to have with each other, if this gift of your spouse, this mutual gift that you're going to receive today, if that's going to be effective in your lives, then you need to look to the Lord Jesus, who is the one who forms that bond, that sacrament between you. But secondly, if it is something new, then that means the old has to be put behind. That in making something new between you, but the Lord Jesus, that it has to, that new is different to old. That there are all kinds of things you will be able to do together in this new union that you wouldn't have been able to do apart. But there are also other things that you could do as an individual that you can't do if you're committed, if you're thinking if you're dedicated to the other. That the dreams you will have had, preferences you will have had, that if you're going to pursue this vision, this love that holds you together, then that has to be the love, the gift, the, the sacrifice of the lamb that is put before all else that, that holds you together. And if that is what you seek, to give of yourself in love to your spouse, then you will receive today and through your life 
that gift back, that gift of a spouse, that you'll have this new thing, this thing that isn't a thing, it's a person, this gift of a spouse with the joy that accompanies it today and for the years ahead.